When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which the upcoming match is being played. We would also like to pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome to AFL Nation. Hello, welcome to AFL Nation for Elders. We're enlisting your property, think Elders, real estate and for tyre power, tyre safety experts week in, week out. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around the planet to AFL Nation tonight. Massive game. We're looking forward to bringing you from the SCG tonight. How big? Well, the winner of Geelong Sydney tonight will be in the eight. Will be in the top eight, whether it's Geelong or the Swans that's how big a game it is, given a lot of people have written these two teams off. Oh, they both won't make the eight. Uh, one will make the eight. The other's cooked. The other's gone. Cats can't win it. Too old. Falling off the cliff. Sydney no good. Can't back up. Kids aren't as good as we thought. Well, guess what? Sydney win tonight. They're in the eight. And Adelaide's out. Great to have your company. Great to have the company of five-time day, five-time night superstar just back from Bali. <laughs> Dermot Burton, what can you do? Evening, Dwayne. How are you going? You I'm haven't good. introduced him yet, but hello. One of our best mates, Bradley, over in the corner there. Yeah, get to introduce right. him. Yes, and uh, also joining us, our best mate, Bradley. Welcome to you, Bradley. <laughs> Joe, it's great hey. to be with you. This is going to be a great Two game. things I've learned going to Bali, though. Right. What? Everyone has tattoos now, even grannies. Grannies right. go and get tattoos well, now when you're in you Bali. Know, you know grannies were teenagers once. <laughs> yes, but these are modern-day tattoos. Oh, but they're getting them yeah. now. Yeah. Right, okay. And the other thing is, right. when you land at Melbourne Airport and you look for an egg, egg and bacon roll... And a cup of coffee, I had two of them, $44. Yes. <laughs> it's more expensive it than going to Francoise. Right. So just in leaving Bali, you think the bar, the bar, the Balinese tattooist should have a sign, no tattoos under 15 years of age and over 65? Everyone's got them, Dwayne. Right. Everyone. Have you got a tattoo? I have. I've got a little cherry. Um, it's about what? the size of it. Well, to cut a long story short... Um, it's a birth, mate. I was with a, it's a small one. I, I was with a group of mates. It's a blue cherry. I was with a group of mates on a footy trip on the Gold Coast, and they all were sitting at the Bird Watchers Bar. Remember the Bird Watchers oh, Bar? Oh, yeah. You remember the Bird Watchers Bar? John, yeah, you're too young. John is too young. Just a pervert's bar. No, I was just to watch the, the beautiful birds flying past on the beach. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the it's concrete jungle. Yes. And the boys, after I don't know how many beers, said, we're all going down the road to get an earring. And I said, you bunch of idiots, I don't want an earring. I'd rather get a tattoo than, the, than an earring. And they all looked at me and said, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, so did you go first I had to no go one first. Got one? And I walked into the tattooist and I said, what's the smallest tattoo you've got? And he said, that cherry. I said, I'll have that. How much was it? It was 10 bucks. So I got the cherry. <laughs> anyway, by the end. You've just showed us. It's blue. Yeah, it's no, the colour's gone. Has it faded over time? Not, not last week. This is when I was 19. Uh, so... That by the end of the night, some of the guys had had a giant bulldog the size of their back tattooed just for the fun of it. So, yeah. Um, welcome to AFL Nation. Brad Johnson's also with us. I don't have a tattoo. I've got nothing. You don't even have a bulldog. Of no, all people nice. that should have a bulldog. No, I'm too nice. I just never. You're too nice. Never got yeah. What have you got? 
I've got a couple of little ones, but I've got discreet. I don't – mine aren't on show. I've got the family crest, my kids' names under my armpit, (laughs) on the ribs where they hurt. And uh, what else have I got? Um, A a, a bear claw. That's my family crest, a bear. The family crest – the Irish family crest is a bear claw? No, well, it's a Brereton. We're the bear. Oh, but With a it, bear, right? Yeah, Lord Brereton did something wrong, and they, apparently they put him in a put him in a cage mm. and uh, declawed a bear and said, uh, right. "You design your own bear muzzle, right. and if of it works, you get to live." <laughs> Are we on air yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a great start. So so don't we start from the cherry? Don't know. So Jared Waitley's not on tonight. I've got this. As you can tell, Jared normally he's got a better rein on the start to <laughs> AFL Nations broadcast of the footy. Uh, they put me in charge of the controls, and look what I've done. Um, Brad Joe, have I even introduced the yeah, Bulldogs yeah, games record holder, Brad yes. Johnson? Yeah. Yes, no, no. it's great to it's great to be here tonight. And Did you have an earring? No, I've never, no, I've got an earring You've either. Never pierced your ear. Never pierced that or my nose or anywhere else. Nipple ring, I bet you. <laughs> Did you have a gold stud earring when you yeah. had the Harley? Yeah. Oh yes, I had a diamond stud oh, in the diamond. left oh. and a cross hanging off the right. Of course you yes. did. Yeah, well, it's from Frankston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't pay for them. <laughs> just the home needle through the ear, was it? Or you're oh, talking yeah. about the diamond stud. You didn't pay for the diamond stud. <laughs> no, no, you get you, you get the sewing needle. Right. Oh, and you put that through there. Yeah. That doesn't tickle. People <laughs> reckon that doesn't it? it hurts. All those kids out there listening to the program at the moment. Um, this is football. Yeah, this, don't don't listen to this advice from Dermot. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, there's a game on tonight. Apparently, it's Sydney and Geelong. Uh, what do you What do you make of tonight's game, boys? I think it's uh, I think it's got the makings for a lot closer encounter than what we what we witnessed uh, on Grand Final day. But I think um, the Swans are an interesting one. How they actually come back down off what was just mm. a significant win last week. It was at times it was a training drill. The way they were just walking around the West Coast Eagles and and walking through them, especially out of centre bounce. So. They wouldn't have been too bruised and battered after that, although they they found plenty of ball. Some of their some of their players that helped for both teams actually, but for the Swans, some of their players that helped their rise last year got back into some form with finding plenty of footy. And same for the Cats, their their players last year like Close, Atkins, Tui, Holmes, they played well against an opposition that really no one expected them to to beat last week in Melbourne, especially through the midfield. De Conning was back to his best at at, at full back. So for both teams. The, the players that made a significant improvement last year got back to some sort of form. That's what evens it up a little bit tonight. No Warner for the Swannies, mm. which hurts them with their run out of the midfield, and no Jeremy Cameron with what he can produce up forward. Forget about last year's grand final. The, when they played earlier in the year down at the Cattery, mm. um, they were just bereft. They were almost West Coast Eagles representative. They were struck so hard by injury. 93 points, I yeah, think it, it might have been. Um well, their key, their two key backmen were Robbie Fox and Callum Mills. That's mm. right. Callum Mills on was Tom trying Hawkins. to play on Tom Hawkins, and the thing that concerns me about tonight, they're much, much better represented in terms of who they'll put out on the park, but they're still going to have to go with either an Aaron Francis or a Rampy mm. on Tom Hawkins. Now, if you isolate, if you, everyone says I try and do that is your best, but uh, the opposition do their best to not allow that. But they're as good as Dane Randy is, and I'm a huge um, fan of his work. Sometimes they're in boxing parlance, they're just too big to handle. Mm. And if, if Aaron Francis is, I don't think you want to play him on a true key forward that's a power, true power forward, because Francis likes to sit off a little bit and he probably plays his best football when he intercept marks and can float across the pack and go for the the ball in its own right. Rampy then becomes the lockdown player. Mm. And that really concerns me that he might just be too big to handle there. So Malikin's the other one. He's 194. But I reckon great on Lewis for... Malkin for doing what he's doing. He's made a league career, mm. um, and and you take your hat off to him because he's the old adage we used to use at the end of your career when you say to yourself, "Did I get the most out of the ability ability I had?" Mm. And I think most of us would be honest and say Lewis Malkin probably has because he wasn't blessed with a lot. You're going to play him on the third 
forward that you think is going to give you trouble. He's, he's just not going to have the wearability to stop someone like Tom Hawkins. It'll be interesting the flexibility the Cats produce tonight down for because they will have Hawkins as their mainstay. So Malikan or Rampy will play that role depending on what he does. Gary Rowan will try and get up and around a little bit more. So there's a, a difficult matchup in itself. But then their smalls are, are quite dynamic. So whether they've got the matchups actually to restrict you know, the smalls and the impact that they can have from a Cats perspective. You just look at, at Tyson Stengel and go, okay, well, this is this your night? Is this your night as a small forward on the SCG to, to dominate a game? The Swannies have a reasonable array of small defenders. They do. Um, and the Cats, one of the things the Cats have always struggled with is to defend a, a an agile small forward. Um in this game of league football we see in this day and age, there's almost an arms race. Who can get the biggest midfielder? Who's got the biggest true midfielder? There's a little bit of an arms race as well. Who's our lockdown defender? How big is he uh, to play on the small forwards? And they're all around the six foot, six foot one mark now. And if they come up against a Cozzy Pickett type or a Stengel type or those really agile small forwards, we just aren't producing true Andy Collins, Andrew Buse type back pockets to lock these mm. highly talented uh, small agile forwards away anymore. So the Cats have sort of been in that, that, that camp for a little while now. Given that they like to play three key-ish defenders, and then Tom Stewart as the fourth. Mm. They'll try and get the match-up for him on the least damaging forward so he can read the ball, which he's so good at, and intercept it and start rebounds, which fixes up if, you, if you're losing stoppage numbers. Um, Tom, Tom Stewart can actually fix that up at the other end of the ground. When it arrives there, he'll win it for you in that way. So can you keep him occupied? Yeah, and let's go to that end of the ground, Dern, because last week McDonald and Marty and McLean all played well together as, as yep. the three. The three youngsters for the, the Swans found plenty of plenty of ball, uh, plenty of aerial presence, and, and also a number of goals between them as well. So, But the Cats have got the matchups now. With Radagalia coming back in, yep. with DeConning playing his role, and Jack Henry as well back into some form, they've got the matchups for the for those three. So it's a big challenge for, for them to see how they go against it what will be a quality defensive unit that the that the Cats are rolling out. And, you know, then you, you might have Heaney down there. So whether that's a Buse or a Guthrie or what they do with, with Heaney, he's the one who may get the matchup that, that suits him the most. You'll have to play If Papley plays 80% forward time, 70% forward time, you've got to play Buse on him. That's right. So Stewart maybe goes to Heaney, which is an unbelievable matchup that we'll, matchup. we'll love watching. So that'll be, that, that will keep Stewart's hands full. Because if you allow, say, well, I'll let Heaney, I'll let my opponent, if it is Heaney, I'll, I'll let him run and go to where the ball is. I'm just going to read it better than him. Mm. <laughs> and they start kicking it to him on the lead. You've got an issue. Yep. So you think this forward line now is starting to evolve into the post-Franklin forward line? Heaney, McDonald and Amati? Yeah, I think so. And and McLean's the interesting one, Dermot. I know you've had a bit to do with, with Hayden over, Both Joel over and, time. Joel and Hayden. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, and, and I know Hayden can be your, your second ruck potentially eventually with uh, with what he can do around the ground. But it probably seems like McDonald and Amadi have the two key posts set up and McLean is still the one that probably hasn't, hasn't found his way yet. That, yes, yeah. because they probably have a little bit more sideways movement than Hayden McLean. Mm. But on raw numbers, and not even going to the record books, uh, the record books, the, the statistical data, think of when the amount of times Hayden McLean has taken contested marks in the forward half of the ground. I can, In my mind's eye, I can visualise it every yep. week. Visualise Joel Amati taking contested marks in the forward half of the ground. Yep. Visualise McDonald. I can't. Now, he's a big lad, and I'm sure he's capable of taking them, but he, he sort of gets them on the lead mm. And can move up to the wing and be like a connector. And that's, that's the role, I think. That's yeah. the perfect role for him because then he creates space behind for Marty and McLean to at least own some ground. And Hayden that they can then work can into. swap with him and give him a breather doing that as well. But 
So it's yes, evolving, it, isn't it? And, yeah, and, and it's evolving before our eyes, what will happen post-Franklin. Well, it's going to be tricky because they'll have to get Franklin in at some stage. And if they're alive in the race for the eight, they still want to pick... Well, Franklin's in their best 18, but it's mm. not in the trialling for 2024 forward line because Franklin won't be there. So we're all looking forward to Lance Franklin coming back. But right now, it's kind of cool to see what it looks like tonight without him. Everyone thinks that if Geelong make the finals that they could cause some serious upsets mm. with who they may have back personnel-wise at that particular point. What do you think of the Swans? If the Swans make it, have you got a similar mindset that they could have a uh, an impact in the in the final series? It's funny. I was talking to someone during the week that caught up my show on this, and Adelaide can get a home final from eighth, the Crows. So they could play Port Adelaide at some stage in the finals run. Sydney won't get that luxury. So they're always going to be they're going to be away, 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 away. Yep. Adelaide might luck out. I mean, if Port Adelaide finished fifth, or if Adelaide win through and Port Adelaide get a home prelim, Adelaide could win through and play Port Adelaide in a home prelim. I mean, imagine that. <laughs> so enormous. So, so four away finals in a row is going to be really tough. But I'm I'm with you. They could win their first their first final and do some damage to somebody. Yep. Just hasn't been enough settled players in their true midfield. If they're, so let's say they're four or five players that they want to be mm. running through the midfield. Yeah, of course, Parker's going to be there. He's had a little bit of an interruption with suspension and the likes. Um, Rowbottom's been fantastic. But then you've had um, uh, Warner's not had the, it's still a good year. Yep. Compared to, but not not as good. Even rope no, bottom has been, has fluctuated, fluctuated a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the one is Callum Mills, who's such an important player for them, mm. has been incapable of playing the duration in the midfield because of injury in and out of the team with his uh, body issues. Um, yeah, that's that's really hurt them. They haven't had that consistency through the midfield this season, and, and it is an evolving and changing landscape for them at the moment. Uh, but let's not beat around the bush. They have been belted in the back line with injuries. Um, and I saw that... Uh, so Tom McCann's an emergency, but he's not playing, we understand. Yeah, but so could, I saw he could McCann. be a sub. If he was fit enough to play, you have to, you have play, to play him. him. Mm. So I, ca- I, I saw that as the... Uh, on the emergencies, it, they are desperate for him. Mm. So if he's fit enough, just play him. So why do you think they've named him? And they wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't play games with a, a player like Tom McCartan and not name him and then bring him in. So why name him, him in late? You can only him. be a little bit recovered. I mean, yeah, it's not as if you can be a little bit recovered from mm. from head concussions that you could pl- just play a little bit of the game no, as the sub. You can't. Like that, you're it? either recovered or you're not. Mm. So it's not if like you're a, recovered, we're going to give this guy, you know, we're going to try and play him for 50% of game time. It's not like that with a head injury. Well, we no, don't. Yeah. No. So I thought it was a really weird one when I read that. Because it changes their whole back. If, if, if Tom McCartan was playing, all mm. of a sudden, the matchups that they can manufacture yeah. to as, assist themselves, yes. it, it changes dramatically. Yes, absolutely. It, it allows you then to have Aaron Francis to be, yes, that third player who can float across and intercept. Mm. It allows you to have Dane Rampey to yelling at all the other blokes, you go here, you go there, I'll sit here, I've got you covered, I'm going to quarterback this area rather than go, oh, my God, I've got Tom Hawkins, I can't take my eyes (laughs) off him and it's going to shut my trap because I can't and thereafter I can't assist the players around me, my teammates around me. So you're of the belief that Swans could actually from eighth do some damage? Oh no, I, I'm I'm not. No, but you yeah. are with Geelong. But I, I'm probably more so with with Geelong. And Geelong than could I am. get home finals at the MCG. Well, they're not home finals, but they're finals at the MCG. So they don't hold the MCG doesn't hold fear for them. They don't have yeah. to travel. I think the way you describe what the Swans the Swans may have to go through, I think that probably mm. puts the full stop on it. You know, it'd be a good effort to get to the finals from this from this position. But and I don't think that would worry them either. Making finals would be okay for the Sydney Swans. I, I've said mm. this in the past. Yeah, they they exceeded in some ways last year. They got to a grand final. Unbelievable effort. And this year they've trailed back a little bit. Fluctuation in form with a number of their players that, that helped them last year. But in terms of that, it could be great for them as a group to then take the proper steps forward to being a top four team for four years, not just up fluctuating in and out of that spot. Well, the other thing is they can – I mentioned they can – they win tonight, they're in the eight. Yeah mainly because they smashed West Coast last week. So 
Port Adelaide and Collingwood don't play West Coast again. Brisbane play them next week at the Gabba. So top spot for the Brisbane Lions is now up for grabs or top two because they could demolish the West Coast next week. Yeah, they're on on 127.2. That could become one... 37.2 37.2 Yeah, if they get on a and roll. And it changes the whole complexion of where we are with this premiership reckoning because well, Port's already played West Coast and Collingwood's already yeah. played them. And it's real as well because what they did to the Tigers hmm. was was huge last night. So all of a sudden you go, well, if they're doing that to Richmond, what what can they do to a an undermanned hmm. West, Coast, hmm. West Coast Eagles They lost team? their game last night, the Tigers. Yeah. They fell apart. They've hmm. been really good for six, seven weeks now. They fell apart last night. So yeah. – Part of it on and themselves and part of it on what yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane delivered. Brisbane were too good. Yep. Brisbane are too Brisbane are building, getting better as we go. But mm. I, I hope that – I really thought the Tigers are going super well for the last two months. I just hope they just haven't thought to themselves, now that might be all we had. Because I, I thought they were going super, mm. as I said, really, really well. But they um, – when they couldn't fire a shot last night – I mean – Four minutes to go in the first quarter, they were down by seven points. Mm. And I thought, this is the luckiest seven-point <laughs> deficit I have seen. It was about nine shots to four, wasn't oh, it? But they're only seven points down or something. Yeah, <laughs> it had just danger written all over it. And it never changed. Yeah. So, well, no Dustin Martin. They, they were never really going to win it. Tom Lynch, well, I spoke to David Teague a couple of days ago. So, they're thinking of doing the Charlie Curnow thing with Tom Lynch if he's available to play and that is try and get a game or two in him this year so he goes through the summer knowing that his foot's fine. They did that with Charlie Kerno, brought him back late after he'd missed about a year and a half of footy. He played a couple of games before the end of the season even though Carlton couldn't make the finals and he at least went into the summer confident and he won the Coleman the following year. So do you think they will try and get Tom Lynch back regardless of whether they can play finals or not? Yeah, I think so. I think that makes a bit of sense in, in terms of that. The, you know, if a, if a player can... He's working hard anyway. I think he's working hard to return. He's not. I don't think he's doing the work to not put himself in a position to maybe mm. play a, a few games at the back end. And maybe the, the carrot was there because they were going well over the last couple of months. And it was like, if Tom Lynch gets back in this side, mm. look yeah. out what yeah. uh, what Richmond can do. So, you know, that, that may, if Richmond really battle, they may assess that. But at the moment, they're still in a mix. So I think his preparation to plays would be pretty strong. It's weird, isn't it? Like, we the supporters sometimes will say, oh, we don't like that. He's getting paid whether he plays or not. They're going to put him, him in cotton wool. Players are creatures of habit. And they are just, even the, the pay is irrelevant. They get paid whether they play or not. They just want to go to the doctor and hear the doctor say, all clear. Yep, mm. You're good to go. Good to go. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they will go, yes. And they are wrapped to get out of there. Footballers play football. And they just want to do that. So, yeah, I think if his medical staff say, Tom, we reckon this is healed. It's good. He'll go, I'm playing. Don't wrap me in cotton wool and say, yeah, give me a preseason on top of it. No, I'm playing. Yeah, I agree. So Richmond now have to win six of their last eight games to make the eight. They've got six and a half wins now. So another six wins out of the eight games they've got remaining gives them 12 and a half. That'll be good enough to get inside the eight. They've got... Well, they host Sydney at the MCG next Friday night in the first game of next round. So it's still alive for them in in theory. Yeah. Um, next Thursday night. Yeah. They beat Sydney. They're still alive. Yeah. Well, results will go. Some results will go their way around them. We yeah. we, we know that. You know, Gold Coast even playing Collingwood this weekend. You know, if Gold Coast dropped that, then they're still only two points behind Gold Coast who. They're in, the, in the spot for the eight. So the week, week after Richmond have got the Eagles as well. So they could win their next two. Yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden, it's, uh, it's funny know, they're sitting you, on 34 points and they're back in. They're right back in that mix. And we're taking, you know, we're going into tonight and looking at Sydney Swans and what they did last week and that I can't now and I feel sorry for them because they just don't have the players who can fight the fight, mm. West Coast Eagles. I just, I just find any result against the West Coast Eagles irrelevant. Yep. This yeah, year. well, percentage is not going to be a factor for Richmond, obviously, because they've got half a win, unless they have a draw with a team like Melbourne or something like that, and then all of a sudden you steal two points and you still got the well, you have the West Coast and you maybe build your percentage there. Tomorrow's car is available today at selected range of Hyundai. Tucson's are in stock and ready to drive away, including the 2023 Tucson N-Line. 
taken to the next level. Tech Drive Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. Great to have you company wherever you might be listening to AFL Nation. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Ardex and RLA Tyler Specials are in store now. So the Ardex and RLA Tyler Specials are in store now. We'll uh, get the final word from you guys on what you think might happen uh, tonight and what your thoughts on just to wrap up last night very, very shortly. So stick around. Plenty still to come. Uh, Andy Mars going to join us for the call as well. And there's a heap of stuff to get to from the week of news out of the AFL. So we'll go through all the big news items straight after this. Stick around. You're with AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power, number one this season. Great to have your company on AFL Nation. Swans v Geelong, our game for broadcast tonight. Dermot Burton and Andy Mars going to join us shortly. Brad Johnson with us right now. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Big story today, Alistair Clarkson being announced by North Melbourne as being back soon. They didn't give us a timeline. They told us you know, when when he feels like it. There's a bit of thought that he might come back after the Hawthorne game, so it's not a circus. North Melbourne, Hawthorne and Clarko returning for that round of 17, but he might come back round 18 for the St Kilda game. We don't know that for a fact, but uh, it's hard to speculate on something that you've told he's coming back about as We've got about as much idea of how long the piece of string is as to how long it's going to take him to feel ready, but he's coming back into the system at least. Well, it's good that he's he's thinking about it and he's in that mindset now, I, I didn't suppose. think he would this year. Yeah. After, I thought we might have lost yep. him in a senior coaching role to football. Um, and this is still no surety that he will, you know, yeah. be a senior uh, role player. You don't think, you think there's a chance he still won't come back in a month's time? Uh, I think he'll be in and around the club, yeah, but I, I'm not convinced that he's still going to coach senior footy again. He's probably got the – I mean, he's a pugnacious little character, isn't he? But, yeah, I, 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 I think he's got like a battle fatigue of the whole issue. Do you, think, he, do you think a head of football and keep Brett Ratton coach could be an option then? I think Brett Ratner has done. A, I think Brett Ratner's done a great job, and I think he's been coaching the best of his career. In actual fact, yeah. Look, I, I agree. Maybe it does change Brett Ratner's role at, at North Melbourne. Maybe there will be some thought process around that, rather than being just an assistant. Maybe sit, mm. you know, not not necessarily next to Clarko, but in in a role that you know allows him to support uh, Clarko a little bit more, especially over the next next twelve months. As the emotions will start fluctuating again, getting back into the yeah. into the win loss aspect of. Of footy, the Hawthorne they played Hawks in round three, so maybe you know there was a little bit around around that. They played them down in in Tassie, but it might. Not, I don't think it. Yeah, they didn't the shake hands. As, they didn't shake hands, and he told us then he didn't want to catch the same flight no, back. All that sort of stuff. And so we've got Sam Mitchell this week in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I thought, in his speech, I, yeah. not mentioning Clarko. I noticed that that was very pointed um, when he talked about the. People, he said, you got to have a little bit of luck to be a champion player, which is true. Um, some play, some people got to be in your corner. He mentioned David Parkin. He mentioned a few other people. I thought the bloke who actually was your coach four times <laughs> to premierships might have got a mention, yeah. but no, that was that was a deliberate leave out. And you've got to remember too when you go back to it early in the the entire scenario from two years ago. Um, Alistair said, "No, um, this will be a smooth handover. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to sit here with, with uh, Sam. He and I get on incredibly well. Something's gone horribly wrong to Sam's liking since then. So yeah, I, I think that's a much deteriorated relationship. So did you think he wouldn't return off the back of maybe just for the playing group's purpose, starting fresh in in the summer? The fact that." He comes back. It just changes the dynamic a little bit with the with the players and maybe the expectations at the moment that Brett Ratton might have set for them. Which there, really there's a whole raft guidance. of issues yeah. that come into it. I, I just thought he, and I don't know him personally. I've met him a few times. He's been coached. I've seen him. You know, been an ex board member in the room many many times and chatted with him. And um, so I can't say I get a great read on him, but I know football. Mm. I know what it does to your soul. <laughs> I know what it is to be held up to scrutiny 
in the media. I know what it when your family is affected by something. And to me, he looks like a really battle-fatigued man. And this would be – and it's in his blood to be a coach, and that's the thing that will want him mm. to come back. But I, I, I think he's a little, as I say, battle-fatigued on this. And, I think it's been and good to be honest, I think Brett Ratton, in his four weeks, has coached better than the last four weeks of, say, Clarkson. But I think it's good that we – no, Clarko hasn't been chased down. Uh, we haven't heard from him. I think I think it's been well. Good he asked for respect, no, and, and the people and, and in the world gave him that. I think that's a good world. thing yeah, from, yeah, from, from the football yeah. world for yeah. that point of yeah. view. So then, it has given him a chance to to breathe a little bit. Whether yeah. that's long enough, we we wait we wait and see, and how he actually returns as coach because mm. you want to see him return and yeah. And so have, I, have a I've noticed impact. a couple of things. You're looking at human emotions. There, there were things. I could see wild emotions like early on when I saw Clarkson sitting on the boundary line Mm -hmm. against Fremantle and they weren't expected to win and he was up and he was Mm. laughing and he was such a joyous mood. Now that looks great. You're talking about a bloke who's won four premierships. Why, Why would your emotions be so elevated? Great. But that was such a joyous, momentous occasion. You see, by the the elevated joy on his face. Why did it have to be that? To me, it said there's some real issues going on there, and to get a little bit of fun it means the world to you at the moment, which says that you're doing it tough yep. elsewhere. Because you know, when you when you're at your lowest moment and something good happens, you go right elevated to the other end. I saw it both ends of the scale. That's just my read. And I'm no, <laughs> I'm a bush psychologist, only because it's happened to, mm. happened to ourselves as well. I'd yeah. come in and, and sit and get a consultation on your couch, Tim. I might not walk out any wiser, but I'd still enjoy the hour. So Sam Mitchell did hold a press conference today and he addressed the thought that he deliberately left Alistair Clarkson out of his Hall of Fame speech and he clarified the fact that he did not do it deliberately. It just happened the way it happened. No, I was surprised it came up actually. I mean, I thanked my coaches in general. There's so many people that help you achieve things. And, you know, whether it's the first coach you have as an under-10s kid or the coach you had for 14 years, I think all of those all of those people help you enormously. Um, and I, I tried not to get too individual in my speech at all and, and I was surprised it got picked up. There it is. But it's news. It's on Fox as we're watching it now and it's news today at Various news channels. But it, it, you would think that the man who's coached you in four premierships mm. might be first. But well, he went with David Parkin, who never coached him. Did you mention Jeansy when you got up there? How many yeah. coaches did you have to? Yeah. You would have had a few over a number of clubs. One, you would have been all two, there all night. Thank them all. I only had four coaches. <laughs> I'm bloody telling you, Bradley. <laughs> oh, there's your favourite, though. <laughs> That's your favourite. Is he, is he your number one? Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily. And I had Lee. And yep. the great Ronald Dale yeah. and Alan mm. Joyce, yeah. And they all had their moments of greatness. The one I feel for But is, would you would you collectively put them together on a speech or would you thank one individually and thank the others? You know what, I could get away impact. with not thanking Lee and and Ron my your career's wound mm. down by there. They happen to be the coach at the club that said, we'd like you to come here. You're half-wasted, but we, huh. we, we can get something out of you. Um, yeah, so you, you kind of can get away without that. But I would definitely thank, uh, and definitely did thank my two coaches at yep. Hawthorne. Jeezy was amazing. But the one who gets a rough deal is Alan Joyce. There was one stage when, back in the days when the night premierships were eagerly contested. I mean, a club might fold if they were 200,000 in debt back in, you know, the early, early 80s. The, what do they call it, Commodore Cup, the Escort Cup. Cup, the Ansett <laughs> Cup, was worth 180,000. Yep. And at one stage it was worth a quarter of a million. So if you've got clubs that might fold because they're 400,000 in debt, 250,000 in debt, and you can play for 200,000, you did everything to win that baby. So they were eagerly contested. Yep. At one stage, Alan Joyce had coached two seasons, 1988 and 1991. 
he'd won the night premiership and day premiership in both of them. Mm. Yeah. Well, he coached me. Coach. He was my first yeah. coach and gave me my first opportunity in footy. Tactically not a great coach, but he, you learn something from every coach. Yep. And a, he, I agree with that. One of the most – the humility of the man, he was – Fantastic, and he was a strong, robust person. You know, give you. I think he gets he gets cops a hard. I know Jason gives him a real hard, hard time when he recites him. But I, I, and he was the bloke who actually ran me out of Hawthorne. But I, I like him and respect him. Yep. He did what he thought was right. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for Joycey. So, do we think Brett Ratton will coach again if Alistair Clarkson does come back? Take over the reins at North Melbourne. What happens wow. with Alistair, What happens with Brett Ratton? Ratton wow, it's just a. T- it could be just a timing thing with Ratton, and it could be. It could, Does he this, want this, to? Now that's the thing. If he, he might want to because if, if he if he didn't keep <laughs> this full time, would he go? I'm in again. <laughs> I don't reckon he would. I don't Honestly, reckon he would I either. He, I don't know whether he'll put himself or his family through that. Mm. Can again, you see which, a scenario where he he, he does s- keep hold of it and he and he becomes. A, a really good coach, and they climb the ladder, and he becomes the accidental hero. Oh, it's the perfect scenario for for rats at at the moment. But him taking on another job, and there's there's a few other coaches out there. I think that'll sit in front of him that clubs would approach first. But he's got the class, and he's got the skill to do it. He's just he's just been completely unlucky and not treated well in the in the positions that he's held. I've always thought he is. Perhaps the best, the very, very best assistant coach that the league's had in the last 15, mm. 20 years or so. Does that transfer over to senior coach? Sometimes and quite often not. But this time, filling in because he's not, there's no pressure on him to be that coach yep. because he's, he's, a, he's filling in for a job. He's coaching the best of his career. Mm. And it might just be the way he should keep going, I think. Well, he's got a 50% win-loss record uh, heading in at the moment, uh, even though he's lost a couple with North Melbourne, which actually leads to the yeah. same discussion to another person who was inducted into the Hall of Fame, Mark Williams. I mean, Mark would like to coach again. He was in that boat. He was ready to coach. He wanted to coach. He just couldn't find a gig or a team that would give him a gig. But you hear him speak at that Hall of Fame night, Passionate. and you think, wow, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to give him a, a crack at it. So we'll talk about the other Hall of Fame inductees, after the break, Jimmy Bartell, Mark Williams, Bruce McAvaney, Corey Enright. We had a little chat about Sam Mitchell, obviously, and we're looking forward to what Nick Rewalt was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but will be officially inducted next year because he wasn't here for the night. So we we'll take have a talked about how good Sam was as a player as well. That's true. Yeah. We'll do that after the break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dermot Burton, Brad Johnson, AFL Nation, Great Abbey Company. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. And this is AFL Nation pregame. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles, Ardex and RLA Tyler Specials are in store now. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power, number one this season. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power, number one this season. Great happy company on AFL Nation. It's sustainability round thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Dermot Burton, Brad Johnson with us. Swans v Cats, our game for broadcast tonight. Winner will be inside the top eight tonight. And the Cats look like they're going all right at the moment. And one of the reasons why is because... Well, when I go down to training, guys, I see just the coach Chris Scott standing to one side and there's Nigel Lappin calling the shots. He's got them all under control and he's been good enough to join us for a chat. Nigel, welcome to the program, by the way. Great to have you. Always good to have a chat, guys. That's not quite the case either, Dwayne. I appreciate it. That's definitely not how it works. You do look like you're having some fun down there when I do wander down. It seems as if, well, I went down there the other day. There were kids there. One of the players took his dog. Um, it's always, I'm sure not every session's like this, but it seems like it is still a fun place to be, even though, you know, you have to make up a few wins to get yourself in the eight. Yeah, absolutely. And we think it's really important to make sure you're enjoying your footy and and none more so than when things aren't quite going uh, perfectly to plan. But it's a really good challenge for us at the moment and no better challenge, obviously, against uh, 
a team that's been in pretty good form over the last month, month themselves. They're playing well in and around the contest. They've actually shifted the way they're playing a little bit, so we'll have to be on guard with a couple of things that they're doing differently. So looking forward to the challenge. Nigel, we will talk about footy, of course, but you, when you mentioned the, the happiness of the place, you know, and they, footballers love playing in a glowing environment, can you tell us how truthful it is if, you know, if a player calls in and says, oh, my, my daughter's having a fifth birthday. My, uh, you know, I've got to go and watch my son play in a basketball grand final. Can I miss training? And and they uh, – is it to that extent where it's happy footballers are better performing footballers because of that leeway? Uh, yeah, definitely with, with our group we find that. But there's still a time to sort of knuckle down and be professional for us. Like that's our main training day during the week and there's not many guys that miss that um, but during the for the rest of the week and throughout the year we like to have some flexibility with our players um, and, and we just treat them as adults um, but to be honest all the fun sort of led by the players we've got an amazing group of, of senior players that just love their footy and they love the environment and they're the ones that create it so I mean you know you guys know Tom Hawkins really well he's just a, a beautiful person gentleman really um, and he really leads it along with you know a couple of People that we've introduced, like Jeremy, like everyone um, knows the way that he plays his footy, the type of guy that he is, and and his background and the things that he enjoys, and we really embrace that. And we try to embrace every individual and and play, uh, try and allow them to play to their strengths. Nigel, what was the what was the major shift that you you noticed in the way that you look at the game and the way that the team plays with your performance last week? Uh, we've been, personally, we've been working on some things for uh, the last five weeks and things that we needed to shift. And I mean, you guys look at the stats enough. Like, we've been a lot easier to score against this year than what we have been in the past. And um, we felt like over the last few weeks, we've had a real shift in some of the things um, that we've been implementing and starting to work for us. Um, obviously, against Port Adelaide, they, they got away from us, mainly from centre bounce. So the rest of the, the game that we are able to defend reasonably well. So it's been a really big focus for us. And obviously that starts in the contest. Your ability to, to get territory and keep it in your front half and, and then not allow the opposition to, to exit your front half as quickly as what we were earlier in the year. So that's been a shift from us. I mentioned the stuff with the Swans. So, so the Swans will be a challenge because they're starting to take the ball forward. Generally in the past, they're a team that like to go backwards um, and then go around you from contest. But they're starting to take the ball forward, which makes them, if they can get the ball through the front and give their forwards a chance, they're looking really dangerous at the moment. So that would be a watch on Nick Blakey, how you play him, because he, he likes to try and take on that corridor. Yeah, and I mean, it, it sort of seems even more so with Nick when he gets the ball in his hand. Like, clearly he, he runs and he overlaps, but also with his ball use. Like, instead of him trying to find an easy release, he's looking through the corridor and trying to find those those kicks, especially on the 45. And because he's got such a beautiful leg, it, too, most players, it's, it's normally like a 15 to 30 metre kick. With, with Nick Blakey, it's a 60 metre kick that can really cut you in half, so... We need to defend him well, but we also need to, to be ready for that behind the ball. So for, for the local coach out there who's thinking, I've got a game tomorrow and we, we, we're playing against somebody and it's there, Nick Blakey, we're worrying about, you say, we've got to defend him well. How do you defend that player? Tell us what, what Geelong's strategy will be ahead of the ball and maybe even his opponent. Yeah, well, with his opponent, I mean, the best way to defend him is to make sure he's not taking intercept marks and he's a beautiful reader of the ball in the air. So... Firstly, we need to make sure, like, he might end up on an Ollie Henry. So Ollie will do his research during the week to make sure that he's not influencing and taking intercept marks because those types of players, when they're taking intercept marks and floating across third up, they've often found space and they've read the ball uh, before a forward. And it's really hard to catch up if you're, if you're trying to do that. So that's the first part. Um, and then secondly, like, we just play a collective defence. It's not one person that, um, that goes to Nick Blakey or if it's Ollie Henry that's playing on him, it's not just his job. We need to make sure that... We, um, if he's the most dangerous player on the ground, that we take him out. And obviously with the overlaps for him, it's really important that the closest player to him can take him out. Um, so just a couple of things that we'll work uh, really closely on tonight with him. But in saying that, they've got some other really nice um, attacking players. Obviously, Ollie Florence has gone back there and he's put, had a huge year for them. He's, uh, he's been performing really well and, and Lloyd's been a really a ripper for them for a long time. Nice. Gary awesome. Rowan actually played... Um quite well last week but did you Chris or any of the other coaches play a role in keeping him focused after the hit on Jeremy Cameron or was that purely just the teammates on the ground? No it was a combination of both you could see in the moment the leadership group went to him and in particular um, Tom Stewart was fantastic with him and then Scotty grabbed him uh, when Gary had his first rotation post that um, but in, in saying that too like uh, Gary um, is a com- 
he's someone who's like sensitive in that sense. Like he would have, he would have felt really bad about what he, what had happened, even though it was an accident. Um, and it's, he's got the maturity now. When he came off, he was able to reset himself, and and obviously reset himself really well. He was, he's had a really good month for us. Um, in particular, last three weeks, but that game last week was a really special game for him. He, he pretty much, in the last quarter, helped us get over the line. I thought. All right, mate. The obligatory. Let us get a headline here. When are you going to be ready to coach league football? Uh, well, um, I'll never say never, Derm, but I do, um, at the moment, sort of with where my life's at and where my family's at. Um, I, and I just love working at the Geelong Footy Club so and working for Scotty. So um, when things change here at the Footy Club and or when they tap me on the shoulder or when Scotty decides to move on, I'll definitely look at that, those types of things then. Has that shifted in your mind, Nige? I know uh, we've done a little bit of work together, but is that something that, that you've become, I suppose, more, not focused on, but more attuned to, to thinking that, that way? Yeah, well, like for me, like the things that I always think about what I enjoy the most in footy, and for me, it's not necessarily, I enjoy working with people rather than managing people, if that makes sense. So yep. the things that, that, um, that I probably get the most out of is still taking a bag out of the, out of the ballroom and, and going out on the ground with a, a young player and teaching them how to play footy. And, and sort of as a head coach, I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't do that, but you've just got so many things pulling you away from that stuff. There's so many other things that, that take up your time and your attention, which it needs to. So um, until I get to that point where I feel like I'd be a better manager than I am coach, um, I'm still happy, to, as I said, to, to be in the background. Uh, you, you never lose it, mate. I, I was actually out having a kick on the ground today with a young fella. You, you never, ever lose it wanting to assist and have a ball in your hands. Hey, tell us, who works harder? The senior, I know who's under more pressure, but who works harder, the senior coach or the assistant coaches these days? Well, I, I, I won't answer that question because um, Scotty will bash me. But <laughs> no, no I, I certainly know who's under the most pressure. It's, it's one of the most high-pressure jobs um, in the world, I reckon, um, being the head coach of a professional sporting organisation with um, all the eyes on you and, and all the supporters that demand and expect so much, which is understandable. And another big week, Nigel, for the for the club as well with Jimmy Bartel and, and Corey Enright uh, into the uh, Hall of Fame, which is massive. Yeah, it was huge for the footy club. Um, both are clearly um, superstars as footballers, but just both genuinely great people who um, carried themselves as the way on and off the field. And You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power, number one this season. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power, number one this season. Welcome back to AFL Nation. It's Sustainability Round thanks to Red Energy 100% Australian Electricity and gas, and we're networked around the world. So many networked stations listening to us, Dermot Burton, Brad Johnson, and I around the world that we had to hit that hard ad break for a few networks to join us. So apologies to you if you were enjoying the Nigel Lappin interview. We were too, but um, we had to hit that ad break hard so Hutchie could get to the ad break that pays Dermot's wage. So <laughs> thank you to Nigel Lappin for having a chat to us, but at least we can pay you for the night now, Derm. That is simply not true. <laughs> I'm here out of love. You are. You are. Um, great to have the Hyundai on board as well. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucson's are in stock and ready to drive away, including the 2023 Tucson N-Line. Taken to the next level, tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. Don Pike's now ready for us, and we'll give him an official farewell when we actually wrap up the interview with him, even though we'd like to talk to him for an hour as well. Don, welcome to the program. It's great to have you on. No, thanks, guys. I don't want to cut across Dermot's pay, though, so if you've no. got to go to add, I understand that. Well, we would, have been, we, would have been, we would have been fine, but Dermot's questions go for two minutes. Oh. So ask your first oh, one, Derm. <laughs> hey, Pikey, uh, about five weeks ago, young Angus Sheldrick came into the team, and it, to me, he looks like a real rover. In an era where we have on-ballers, he looks like a true rover. Yeah, he, look, he comes with uh, he comes with a real ball magnet out of the, the 18s comp, and um, yeah, he sort of has that natural feel for getting to the contest and getting involved in it. So we've certainly seen that um, at AFL level, which is great, and you know, he gets a 
obviously the rising star nom during the week was fantastic for him. So, um, yeah, it's exciting uh, what he's brought to the team. And uh, in his only six or seven games so far, he's, um, it looks like he's, uh, he belongs, which is great. Now, we just spoke to Nigel Lappin, as you, Dwayne, just prefaced. Um, he said you blokes are doing a few things differently, and it's pretty hard to read into last week. That you, that a lot of figures will be distorted and the likes, but you seem to be, over the last month or so, just trying to take it a little bit on, a little bit more in the midfield, uh, through the corridor. Um, yeah, it's probably fair to say we, we felt we probably became a little a little slow with our with our ball movement, but yeah, you know, that hasn't been our, our major issue. Our major issue was making sure we win enough uh, supply, and that's you know it's probably our focus at the halfway point of the year was to make sure that we um, you know, we win our share in the contest, and that that allows you to actually create from there. So um, yeah, but with ball in hand, yeah, we certainly want to be we want to be going slow. I think the the, the games moved to a a space now whereby the teams that are most effective at scoring are getting uh, more speed on the ball and are, are therefore able to you know, ask more questions of opposition defences quicker when the, the best defences get set well. And um, and once they get set, it's, it's hard to work your way through and the numbers sort of tend to sit back and it's, it's just harder to score. So, yeah, we want to win it first and then take that opportunity to try and get some speed on it when we can. Don, take us inside the, the four walls post-game and early part of the week after a huge win like that, does it take a little bit to bring the players back down to earth? I assume they'd walk in with a little bit of a spring in their step. Oh, not really. I think the guys probably, and I thought last week's performance for us was, you know, obviously it was an outstanding win and um, we understand where, where West Coast were at, but I thought our guys played quite mature footy the whole game. We were, you know, I thought we just continued to play the way we wanted to play. And after the game there, even the way they sung the song was fairly fairly mild. They understood that they, they had a they had a good night, but they certainly didn't wander in on um, on uh, on Monday thinking, oh well, we're going to just roll into next week because they knew that the challenge that heads us up tonight, which is you know Geelong at, uh, at any time, is a, is a tough challenge. So uh, they were pretty good at turning the switch and, and getting ready for tonight. And with that, you, you lose Warner tonight to a, a calf injury. What's the extent of, of his injury, Don? Well, we're just we're just trying to measure that up. It was a sort of a strange one. He came out to to training and was unable to get going, and so we had a scan on that, and we're sort of waiting on what that looks like. It looks like it's going to be, a, and it's going to be obviously going to be a minimum of uh, of tonight. We'd be hopeful for next week, but that might be optimistic. I think. Um, so we'll wait till we get a feel for that, and then we'll know when we can start to actually get him running and training again. So uh, we'll keep you posted. But I'd, I'd say it's a probably two minimum, and then we'll see from there. Don, can you tell me, I'm a little bit bemused how Tom McCartan can be up for selection and not in this team, named as an emergency, and to me it looks like you are still screaming out for key defenders. Well, yes and no. I mean, we're also trying to make sure we, we manage Tom to get him back into the AFL team with enough conditioning to, to, to play out the rest of the season, and, and the feeling was that he came in last week, his first game last week for nearly seven weeks. I think he had two games back and then he, um, after his initial concussion, so he sort of missed, missed two, played two, and then he was out for six, seven weeks. So um, he was on management last week and he came out and played a full game tonight. So, you know, we're trying to set him up for the last half of the year. Um, Lewis Melican's come and done a really good job for us. I think the, the last three weeks he's played on you know, Harry Mackay, Joe Danaher, and then Oscar Allen last week and done a really good job for us. So he's probably holding down that post at the moment. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get Tom. We got through tonight's game uh, unscathed from what I can gather. So hopefully he's ready to go for us next week. So, Lewis, are you looking at – I know you'll probably say, yeah, maybe time, yeah. <laughs> Don't give us that rubbish, Pikey. <laughs> Will Lewis Melican play on Tom Hawkins then if you've, said, you've had him on the big cats from the opposition? So far, oh, I think you get, I think you could expect he'll be somewhere nearby. <laughs> Good answer, Pikey. Thank you. Are more honest Don't give me too much. You are more <laughs> honest than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don, can can I ask you? You only had to pick one. If you had one player to kick for you, oh. would you go with Braden Campbell or Errol Goulden? Who would you pick? Oh yeah. Oh, they're both beautiful left foot kicks. That's uh, right. I think Errol Goulden's probably got uh, got the edge marginally on Braden. Probably just more on on volume. To be honest, we've seen more from Errol, but his decision making, Errol, is uh, is first class. He can sort of mm. he sees things that other players don't see, and at times. Um, we have to bring him back the other way and just say, just hit the one that we can all see versus trying to hit the one we can't see. But, um, yeah, both terrific young players and they were very good for us last week and, and Errol's been very good all year. So uh, hopefully they continue that form tonight.
Lovely to see McDonald coming back into the team. The two lads uh, that I've explained had a little bit of history with Hayden McLean and Joel Amati. Uh, that's a good trio as you move forward. How will you manage the three of them when Lance decide? well, not decides, is capable of coming back to play again? How will that fit? Well, yeah, it's a good question. Obviously, it was, it was nice to, you know, long after we ended up getting you know, three of those guys in the same in the same team after what was a pretty interrupted season for, for Joel and Logan. And, and, and Hayden's probably been the one who's been there the most. And, Durable, and Lance yeah. has had his injuries um, throughout the season. So, um, look, it'll be, a, it'll be a week by week. I think um, Joel hasn't got hasn't had a great uh, history of playing a lot of games in a row, so there'll be a point whereby we may, may take the opportunity to manage him as well and, and manage, obviously, Lance, as, as you know, with um, what John said throughout the week, is, is sort of in that knee, we're just making sure that we can get some get enough training in him, get him feeling good to give him the best chance to, to play the way that we know he can. So, um, yeah, it'll be, a good, it'll be a good challenge for us in the last part of the year, but it'll be a nice challenge to have after some of the injury issues we had um, in the first half of the year. Yeah, you, we touched before, you mentioned the kickers. Uh, one bloke who does fascinate me, Errol Goulden. Um, are you surprised at how good he's been this year? Or is, is, you knew he was going to be good, but did you think he was going to be this good? Uh, look, I think from the day he walked in the place a couple of years ago, you sort of you could sense early that there was something a bit different about the kid. He was, um, you know, he, he understood the game, he had a really good feel for it. He worked his ass off. Um, through all the pre-season training and, and just had this this really high expectation on himself. Um, and so the, all the work he does, and he's as professional as any, anyone we've got, um, just goes to show that it's, you know, it's the old, the old uh, saying, you know, there's no substitute for hard work. And, and he does that and he's, um, he goes about his, his job really, really well. Um, so it's great to see him get the reward. But am I surprised? Probably a little, but but not really, to be honest, because he's, he's probably just risen faster than we may have thought. But um, he's just a little ripper, to be honest. Now, uh, it gave Lapo the opportunity. Do you want to coach seniors again? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this when you go to ads now? Yeah, you know pretty much. We'll cut you off. Now, just between you and Derm, no one else is listening, Don. Yeah. What's your answer? What's that? No one else is listening. Oh, we'll see how we go. I'm enjoying mean, what I'm doing, to be honest, right now. I'm, 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 just, uh, it's been a, a, a great little period of time with the Swans here, and we'll see what the future holds, but um, uh, we'll see where we go. And did you get to so – the PM came down during the week and said hello. Did you get a little audience with him? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I sort of I'm, – I'm a bit far down the actual chain, you know, now. We've got the senior, co- got the senior coach, the leadership group, the CEOs, the head of boards, you know. Once you get down to lowly assistants, they sort of go, look, we don't have time for you, blokes. You know, he's, a, he's, he's talking to the big dog. You know, he's a Dermot fan. I think he'd love – I spoke to him at a North Melbourne breakfast. Yeah, he was yeah. a Hawthorne fan. Yeah. So did he get the ball out? Because he can kick a ball, I'm told. Yeah, he had a kick. I saw him. Uh, he was out on our indoor field having a kick. I think he, I think he went more for the uh, rugby league style right. torpedo yeah. than the drop punt. Uh, that was his preferred go. But, I, you know, I, he... He seemed to he made contact with us, which is a good start. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's going to quite cover Earl Gould in terms of his kicking efficiency, but anyway. But we just want to know uh, who has the higher seniority. Did Coxie get to meet him? <laughs> Sorry, who's got? What? Did Coxie get an audience with him? No, he didn't. No, oh. he didn't. Uh, no, it would have been a bit flat if he got a start and I didn't. <laughs> but, no, that's right. Don, I think there's a game happening in about 40 minutes. We better let you go, even though we'd love to chat longer. I'll get a much Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Well, Don no. Pike, Sydney yeah, Swans assistant coach. Um, they're all good fun, aren't they? Oh, it's great fun. Yeah. Pre-game. <laughs> yeah. Pre-game's always good fun. Senior yeah. coach, assistant coaches, they're always up for a laugh, which there's, is great. There's one of them that you can't have a conversation like that with after the game. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little flat. Yep. Uh, great to have your company, AFL Nation. It's sustainability round thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. And I think we need to get an update from sports, but at some stage, but we're doing that after the break. It's great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles, Ardex and RLA. Tiler specials are in store now. Let's have a little bit of a chat about what might happen today. Give me an unmissable moment Thanks to DrinkWise, you won't miss a moment if you drink wise. An unmissable moment tonight will be Tyson Stengel dribble from the boundary line to out-celebrate Tom Papley. I reckon Asaba Rattagalia will take four contested marks. Okay. Yeah. Asaba Rattagalia, you like, do you think he'll stay with the Cats? 
Uh, few I think the Cats him. want him to stay. I think he wants to stay with the Cats. But what some people might offer the Cats to get him, he might be worth too much to other clubs for the Cats to say, mm. no, we refuse that. Mm. I think another club will throw so much at him that he will end up somewhere else. Both teams going through their warm-ups right now for Ream. Australia, hot and strong. A couple of key matchups for Koteva. Keep growing with Corteva Agriscience. Well, we just heard from Pikey Lewis Melican's going to play on <laughs> Tom Hawkins. Doesn't fill me vicinity. with a lot of confidence, mm. but uh, we hope the lad does very, very well in there. Oh, look, Dangerfield, I mean, if he, he runs head on with Luke Parker as well, they've done that many, many times in their career. You've got two bulls at it, one's explosive, one's just a, he's, he's like a, a street dog Parker and can go forward and, and kick a goal, yep. although he hasn't done it as much of late. So, yeah, that'll be another uh, one in the midfield. Tom Stewart versus Isaac Heaney could be a great matchup great if that, call. If that yeah. works out. Yeah. And uh, what about some of the midfield matchups? Dangerfield in, straight into the middle? Yeah, has to do straight, straight into the middle of the ground. ground. Parker will, will try and use his bulk against Tanner Bruins, the, the interesting one in, in all of this. He played so well last week. And can he back it up again? Uh, for for the Catters with a, with another big performance. You look mature last week. First time that up against Petrarca and Viney and these guys that are big bodies. He held his own and was was excellent in the midfield. The other thing that will work for the Cats too is that with Reece Stanley back into the ruck, it allows you to play blitzarves the where the, the where and the want mm. that you have mm. when you when. When Stanley is in there, you literally have to play Blitzarves as a ruckman and pinch hit him. Sorry, pinch hit him as a ruckman and use him as a follower. Um, but when you've got him you uh, behind Stanley, you've got him at your disposal. Not only do we have to pay Dermot Brereton's wage, which is a pretty big number, we've got to pay Andy Mars. Wage and given how he's much he's not doing anything. When's well, he going to start after the break? Uh, well, we hold him back because we can't pay him enough for the first hour. <laughs> so we hold the best guys back till last. This has been the entree, the main course with Andy Marr and the call. Sydney Geelong coming up next Gaze? on AFL Nation. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power. Number one this season. You're listening to AFL Nation for Elders Real Estate and Tire Power. Number one this season. Well, the host of the front bar oh, is in the house. Not sure why he's not hosting the Logies. How did they pick Sam Pang ahead of him? I'm not sure, but maybe the Logies next year will be what he's hosting. Welcome back to AFL Nation Sustainability Round, thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Sydney Swans in July, our game for broadcast tonight on AFL Nation, and Andy Marr is in the house. The Pangy. worldly Andy Marr. You said there was 80 billion people living in the world with gay. I was projecting. Today. I was projecting. You know, 50 years down the track. <laughs> I'm a futurist. <laughs> I'm not the worldly one. You're the worldly one. Can I listen to you at the start right of the show. Control? Your trip from Bali and Gazy, some of the revelations. Can you keep him under control? Can I keep him under has, control? Has he ever, no, have you ever seen anyone wander more? No, he is, no. He, is the, he is the epitome of the untrammeled id. Do you know what that is? Yeah, no. Yeah, not at all. But right. it sounds good, doesn't it? No. <laughs> but how, how can you dare say something on air that you don't know what it is? Untrammeled. No, yeah, I do know what it is. Right. It is. Oh, so it doesn't have a connotation you don't even it's know about. Because <laughs> I don't want to be broadcasting on my We're own. We need to talk about the footy anyway. So <laughs> I don't it's an old word. How are you, John? Good to see you. Good, Andy. Very it's good. nice to be with you. <laughs> hey? Oh, I don't know. You couldn't hear what you're saying. I was saying g'day to Brad. Yeah. Good you game this tonight, isn't it? It's going to oh, be a good game. game. It's, it's a oh, very, very Phil. important game of footy. That's your film. Yeah. I was watching the VFL before. The Swannies had a real rattle. They were about eight down at three-quarter time. They kicked seven in a row, got within a point, and then the Cats wow. got a couple of soft free kicks late and prevailed. So hopefully we had a game like that uh, in, a, in a little while's time. How did Tom McCartan go to your uh, I saw him last week because I went down to watch the Collingwood game. I had a vested interest in Tommy Wilson, who was playing his 150th, and... Um, the further that game wore, I thought he'd be a moral to play tonight uh, based on that performance. But clearly they wanted to get a bit more. It wasn't – I didn't look at the stats in the end. It didn't look like he had as much of the footy tonight as he did last week. But he looked he looked very good last week. And the further game wore on, he was controlling his area and 
he was up on his toes and he, he looked terrific. So I'm a bit surprised that he must have taken a bit. Must have taken a bit from to say no. Yeah, because mm. it's it's just the easy call, isn't it? It's, Normally in footy, it's like one of your star def, star players, your defender, your key defender's yeah. back. He's had a he's had a good first up. He's had a training block that they would have produced leading into that game to make sure he was okay. Good first up performance, bang, he's straight back in. That's normally the the call. So it must have been a big decision to not yeah. play him. And if that area is screaming out for talent, and and I mean the incumbent as Pikey said is Lewis Melican, who is but you can't a, compare the two. A, a totally different. Yes, yeah. you just say Lewis, fantastic. You yes, you've done well, but you lose your spot to Tom McCartan, and and the lesser player goes. That sounds about right. Mm. That's my lot. I wonder if they're they're monitoring him differently. I wonder, given the concussion, well, that sounded there, like yeah, what he said. They said Pikey said he wanted to have the minutes into him, right, and so he can see out the rest of the year. And that and that you're right too, because the training block's fine, and you might feel okay. But we all know then then you you got the four quarter performance under your belt, the intensities that go with it. Mm. You know the. The knocks that you can, the body knocks you can get. So, a, what's the, the difference between the four yeah, quarter effort in the reserves and the no, seniors? no, there's, there's not. But I, th- I understand maybe a bit of patience in 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 their decisions off what Tom's coming mm. from. Yeah. And, no, it, and it was I a, it was a, <laughs> I, I don't mean to be, but Plain. it was a, it was a gentler game he played last week too. It wasn't, it wasn't crash bash. He wasn't. I, again, I didn't. He wasn't. I didn't see too he much. Played of him the Andy Mayer role of the wing. Well, you know, he was a bit more corridor bound than I ever was. That's for sure. But but it wasn't a a real stern test of his, yeah. you know, capacity to stand in a pack and get it done. So the teams are finishing their warm up for Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. We can tell you that Ryan Clark is the sub for the Sydney Swans, and Jack Bowes is the sub for Geelong. So Tom McCartan, who was named as an emergency, is not part of the team. He's not going to be the sub. And the latter update for versatile Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way with the Isuzu D-Max. The winner tonight, can you believe it, will be in the eight. Swans will be in there or the Cats will be in there. It is hard to believe, isn't it? Staggering. There's been times this year when they've been so injured and so poorly performed, you thought, let's put this season down to a write-off. And yet here we are, this round, they're playing for a spot in the eight at the end, at the completion of tonight. Mm. So the final word, who are you selecting from our experts for local expert? Get the job done with local expert. I'm tipping the Cats. Uh, I had a good think about the Swannies. And with Chad Warner out of the out of the midfield, I swayed back to the Cats, although they don't have Jeremy Cameron tonight. Same mm. Cameron Cats Mooney. Easy. Cats easy for you? <laughs> Cats easy. Cats easy. 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 Didn't give the Swans a, even a thought? No. Nah. Okay. See, That's the way you roll. <laughs> Cameron Mooney on the ground. Uh, his hair is not moving. Uh, that means there's not a breath of wind. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful of, night. A lot of flights cancelled today. Was that? Thanks to <laughs> Kubota Cast, the Thanks weather so report nice for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia at Kubota. That was the weather. It looks like perfect conditions. Um, Got and, a Kubota? Uh, have you? Yeah, I'll totally Up on do the it. big farm. Yeah, I've got a, what do they call it? An SV70, a little like skid steer. Yeah, Have they, you? they are. So I'm not getting paid for this, but no. they are awesome. Are they? Wow, mate, your property down there, yeah. if you can get. Yes, they are the duck's guts, mate. Are they, they are awesome. The Kubota, a skid steer, S, what have I got? The SV70. Yeah, it's mm. awesome. What yeah. about you, Jono? <laughs> <laughs> and paid full toad odds for it. Yeah. So this is a, a oh, none. Yeah. The next one you won't. No. <laughs> the one I no, you, you, you never trade them in, mate. Never, you've got service fees, but they will never break down. They're awesome. They're unbelievable. They there's do the everything. Ad. There's the That's ad the for the next 12 months. The no. Right there. I mentioned earlier on we need to pay Dermot's bill. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting a Kubota on the farm at Sirius the way I'm going, and I've only got I got three thousand head of rabbit and four thousand head of ant. The, so, answer, the ants are diabolical. At no, the oh, no good. Oh, oh, the ants are no good, particularly and, down the peninsula. And crickets. Yeah. You reckon I got some crickets? <laughs> Unbelievable! How many can you eat crickets? Gee, they've come on you early. You can. Oh, I saw them in a market oh, in Bali. Crispy. <laughs> Did you bring any in? Crispy. We'll have a break. We'll eat some crickets, and we're back with the Sydney Swans and Geelong AFL Nation. Great to have your company.